You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I really have two main goals today. We'll see how far that takes us. Uh, Number one is to continue in the Facebook group because I didn't really have much time to even touch on that. And I've got some questions directed directly toward me. So I want to have a real strong concerted effort to get to that. I also want to encourage you right now to get in the Facebook group. I just looked um, because people have been... uh, asking to join at a rapid pace. We're actually climbing up pretty close to 500 members, which is awesome. It was a very slow trickle at first, so I was actually a little bit surprised to see that. Um, so I would encourage you, there's there's no giveaway. I'm very sorry. I didn't plan ahead of time, but um, it would be kind of cool to break that 500 mark. Maybe we'll do a giveaway for something. Let, let's finish the Instagram giveaway first, all right, you greedy bunch of jackals. My goodness. Do you do anything for free? Shame on you and your family. Um, I'm kidding. But if you know anyone that might be interested, um, be sure to let them know about the group. Any and every way you could think to promote it, that would be pretty cool to get this up to 500. Speaking of giveaways, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, there is going to be another jersey giveaway when we get to 500 followers. So we need 120 more. Now, I know there's nothing you can do if you've already um, followed me on there, but sit there and wait. So it's not really your fault, but things are tapering off a bit. So again, if you can think of any way to help promote the Instagram page, that would be very greatly appreciated. Because again, as soon as we get to 500, you get another opportunity to win a signed jersey. And if you don't win that one, once we get to 700, you will get your final opportunity. And because 700 is not a super round number, I'm probably going to try to think of something to get us up to 1,000, which is going to take a very long time, but I just really want to get there because I'm just greedy and impatient that way. So I'm probably just going to pile up a bunch of stuff. I'm kind of thinking a bunch of, like, a, a Pack Daddy Packernet package. And that's what I'm ca- going to call it, because I have terrible naming things skills. Like the Packernet Pack Daddy Stock Market Exchange game. Whatever. Pack Daddy's a sweet name, so get off me. And finally, iTunes. Thanks for uh, getting us a little bit closer. We need three more to get to 260. And again, I just want three. So get together. If there are three among you that appreciate the show, a five-star iTunes review will just take you a moment and would mean a lot to me and to this show. Better not give me four, though, because then we're just going to have to shoot for 270. And I don't think any of us really want that. But anyways, that is it for that. And I gave you the agenda, so why don't we go ahead and take a break? Today's episode of the Packernet Podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand-new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7. Doesn't cost you a thing. That's right, it's sports coverage that's always on and always free. Always. There's been a lot of really good coverage, um, especially with that Packers-Raiders game lately. You've probably seen a lot of the videos. uh, Matt LaFleur was mic'd up, which could not have been a better possible day to mic him up. And so, of course, you're going to see a lot of content similar to that on CBS Sports HQ. As I said, they've got new content coming out pretty regularly. You can just sit here and you can basically just leave it up and watch it if you wanted to. Again, if you're at work and you got a good enough Wi-Fi, I don't. You can just leave this bad boy streaming at your desk all day. Um, I know they had, uh, it was 52 minutes ago, which I watched uh, actually yesterday because they 
loop these. Thursday night look ahead Redskins at Vikings, right? So it's it's again it's it's free streaming sports news. It's basically a a sports news channel that you get on your phone for free. You can download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at a great price of completely free. You don't got to log in, sign up, do anything. Just download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the first thing that I actually wanted to address, I don't know if I told you this. I feel like I did, but now I feel like I didn't. Anyways, for some weird reason, um, and I don't know, maybe Packer fans started it. I don't know. But I just stumble onto Twitter like, hey, what's up, guys? How you do? Which typically this is what happens. You walk in, you're like, what's up, guys, right? And then you just get punched in the face, and you don't know why, and you just start swinging, and you walk out of there like, I don't know, man. I got into a brawl, and I punched a guy, and he seemed like a nice guy. I don't know, but he was standing there, and... I don't, I don't, I really don't know what happened, to be honest. I had no intention of fighting anyone, but I just couldn't walk away because I just kept getting kicked. Good old Twitter. That's why it's really weird when I've been on Instagram, because it's social media and I just expect to be hated. And everyone's just like, oh, great picture. Nice to see you. How are you? Like, Twitter is New York, and then, like, you've been on Twitter your whole life is like living in New York, and then you fly out to Wisconsin, and people are like, how are you today? Like, who are you? You want to fight or what? Hey there, guy. Nice shirt. Like what? What? What are you trying to say? So it's it's getting we, it's weird to acclimate to Instagram because people aren't just unnecessarily rude and mean and violent. Which literally that was one of the things I saw yesterday. It escalated in about three tweets to why don't you come look me up? Like wow, we're really really wanting to fight over. I mean, of course he doesn't actually want to fight because he knows he's not going to look him up. But still, like that's where it went in like a matter of I don't know fifteen minutes. I don't know. Twitter's crazy. But the the bottom line is. Vikings fans are flipping out right now. They're clearly on a roll. There's no question. I've been telling you guys the Vikings are for real. However, now that they're popping off a little bit, this this is what I've told you about me. If, if you want to know me in a nutshell, I'm kind of a contrarian to a point. And that's not exactly true. I just like to be accurate. So when people are too far in one direction, I just like to pull them. So I'm looking at it. And I just have a feeling, I don't really know, Packer fans aren't really trashing the Vikings, but I just kind of understand generally that Packer fans started the season thinking the Vikings are garbage, that was bore out because we beat them, and Kirk Cousins looked bad, and it was a big joke, and I'm just not sure how up to date, so I've, I've just been kind of throwing it out there once in a while, like, hey, they're they're pretty good, they're really good, just so you know, and I feel like I've done a good job of, of laying that out there. But now we got Vikings fans who are entirely too far and up their own business. 
talking about they're way better than the Packers, and the Packers should only have like three wins if it wasn't for the refs. And that is that is the common talking point. And again, this is this, this I'm so sick of people. I swear, this is what happens when you raise people to be sheep. Because here's the deal. If everybody was just completely disconnected from social media and their televisions and just watched football games, you would have some people that would have that view, but most people wouldn't. But again, there was one really bad call in that Lions game. That got blown out of proportion where we turned it into there were three really bad calls in that game, which isn't true. There was one bad call that I could tell. There was one call that technically wasn't a call, but is going to get called every single time because it looked identical to a penalty. And then there was one that absolutely should never have been called because it was not a penalty. That got extrapolated out to the Packers got handed that game, which of course isn't true, because the one call that was really bad was kind of the furthest one away. And even if these penalties got called, the Lions don't win at that point. The Packers still have an opportunity to win the game, and considering the way things were going, which is the Lions playing like garbage, the Packers could still win. But, it, but again, then that gets extrapolated out from one bad call to three bad calls to a billion bad calls is, is they, you know, they paid off the ref to the Packers have been handed games all year long, right? So now, so, so this is what we have to pre- prepare for because every bad call that goes in the Packers' favor, everyone's going to jump on that. Oh, here we go again. Packers get the bird-derka-derka. Same thing that happened with the Saints, but from the opposite perspective. Every time a bad call goes against them, oh, here we go again. Every single team has good and bad calls go for them and against them in every single game. Every single one, including Vikings fans. Right? Remember when we tied that game last year, overtime, right? It was garbage. Everybody was... We won that game because there should not have been a penalty. Now, there should be, according to the rule, which is a stupid rule, even though he had his hands down and protected himself and all that. I'm, I'm just saying, if we, we could play this game all day long. And of course, we're all frustrated with the refs, and we all want this to be better. But sitting around and complaining about the refs all day long is garbage. Again, if the refs dictated the game based on how many bad calls they had and which direction that calls went, you wouldn't have standout performers like the Patriots. Oh yeah, because they pay off the refs. Quiet. I understand there might be a little bit of Tom Brady bias, but the idea that they're annihilating teams 33 to nothing because of the refs, give me a break. Good teams win because they're good teams. Bad teams lose because they're bad teams. Go ahead and look at teams' records. What you'll notice is a correlation between goodness and wins, badness and losses. And again, there are several correlations and correlating factors that go into winning and losing, and you can look them up. Coaches will tell you prior to the game the things that they are looking for, that they want to do. Turnovers are massive. Nobody ever seems to bring up referees. Well, we need good calls. Have you ever heard that? Anyways, that's not the point. Point is, everybody now has to follow this trope, not because they thought of it, but because they're sheep, and because somebody else said it, and we're just going to follow them around. Because 1% of us is leaders and thinkers, and 99% are a bunch of sheep. And they're proud of it. Oh, yeah. Everybody says it, so I want to say it. And I'm going to parade it around. Look at me, everyone. Look how I can repeat what everyone repeats. Aren't I an intellectual? I hate people. But, all right, so let's look at it. I don't hate people. I love people. I just I just get annoyed sometimes. That's all I'm saying, sometimes. First of all, the idea that the Packers should only have three wins. Well, let's start with this. The Packers beat the Raiders 42-24. to how? We can't blame that on the refs. The Packers beat the Cowboys 34-24. to That's a 10-point margin of victory. The Packers beat the Broncos by an 11-point margin. 
And so if what we're saying is the only games you actually won are the games in which you blew teams out, you're a dum-dum. The Bears couldn't score touchdowns, and it had nothing to do with the referees. They scored. You think you think Mitchell Trubisky scored zero touchdowns because of the referee? Did you watch the game? Yeah, the Packers' offense struggled. It's getting a lot better, but it struggled. Matt Lafleur, new head coach, new offensive scheme. It st- struggled. By the way, Bears' defense pretty good. They only put up ten points. I'm just trying to help you because look, there's a lot of smart and and good Vikings fans out there, and I'm I'm excited about this little rivalry we got going on because it's for real. And the Vikings could very well end up on top of this thing. Packers got a tough stretch. Uh, they've had a good hand with, with really bad teams lately, or, or in some cases, good teams that are playing bad, like the Minnesota Vikings when Kirk Cousins played horrible. Right? Lions are kind of meh. Raiders aren't very good. Right? I, I, it's maybe. I don't know. I mean, the Vikings are kind of the same thing. They're beating up on bad teams. Whoop-de-doo. But I, I think the honest assessment here is that these are two good teams that are going to end up battling it out. I actually think the Lions are a little bit better than their record, too, but they're in complete shutdown mode. They're trading everybody away, so they're done. Uh, the Bears have decided to start Trubisky again, so they're done. So this, this, here you go. This is it, man. Packers-Vikings dueling it out. But let me help you out here. The Packers beat the Chicago Bears because the Packers were better than the Chicago Bears. Nobody should even doubt that. How could anybody doubt? Has everybody seen the Bears and the Packers side by side? We've seen this, right? It's a common refrain that the Packers just have Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, which, by the way, I'll take that compliment, by the way, the, uh, the, the scheme, because you're, you're basically acknowledging that Matt LaFleur is doing a great job. So thank you for that. It's, it's a, uh, I mean, I'll correct you on the part where you're wrong, and don't mention Adams or uh, Bakhtiari or Balaga or Aaron Jones or, um, you know, Zadarius or Preston or Jair. I mean, I, I forgive you for leaving them out and not realizing that you don't know anything about the Packers. But then in week two, I think what well, I think what we're getting at to the heart of this matter for Vikings fans is if we can blame the refs for all the close wins, we can claim we beat the Pack. You did not. You all lost to the Green Bay Packers. The Bears lost. The Broncos lost by a lot. The Eagles beat the Packers. The Dallas Cowboys got spanked by the Packers. Yes, I know they mounted a comeback. It's not because the refs took their foot off their neck. It's because the defense did. The Lions game was a very close game, and there were a couple bad calls, which, by the way, the Packers had bad calls go against them as well. Nobody wants to talk about that, but again, if we go back and try to correct for history, we have to go back and correct those as well. We can't just take away the bad calls that went against the Lions. we got to go back and take away the bad calls that went against the Packers, and then what's the score? Nobody knows. The Lions lost to the Packers because they couldn't score a single point or even hardly gain a yard in the entire second half. The Oakland Raiders got absolutely steamrolled by the Packers. Now, I I will say to you a very similar thing that I said to the Detroit Lions. If you want to believe this, I want you to believe this. Because you're just going to be crushed when you find out you're wrong. It feels good now because you have an excuse. The the, the Vikings are clearly the number one team. They're so much better. They're going to stomp out the Packers like they're nothing. You're going to be extremely hurt to come to find out the Packers are actually a pretty good team. They're actually winning these games pretty legitimately and are going to continue to win games. You're going to be discouraged to find out that they're winning games without Devontae Adams, which is shocking because to start the season, they were only winning because of Devontae Adams. The Bears lose, or excuse me, the, the Packers lose to the Bears. They lose to the Vikings. They may have lost to the Broncos. They obviously would have lost to the Eagles. And they probably don't beat the Dallas Cowboys either without Devontae Adams. The Packers had to adapt and grow and learn how to win. Since then, 
They've the, the scheme has evolved. Aaron Rodgers has evolved. The run game has evolved. By the way, Devontae's on his way back. Oh, and also Darnell Savage, who is on his way to the Defensive Rookie of the Year nod, is also coming back. So all these big, giant plays and everything else that's going on, um, Savage isn't perfect. He's not going to fix everything, but he was a very, very good safety prior to getting injured. He's also on his way back. By the way, Jay Sternberger, the tight end that we uh, drafted, not saying he's going to be super impactful, but that's another guy that was injured that at some point is coming back. The, the bottom line, the, the, the peak of the Packers' injury seems to have been against the Oakland Raiders when they scored 42 points, something that no other team did, by the way. All oh, the Raiders are trash. That's true. Nobody put up 42 points. By the way, um, I, I've also mentioned how great Kirk Cousins has been playing, and, and he has been playing really, really good. Here's the problem, though. You've got Kirk Cousins and, and Aaron Rodgers that have been running in parallel the last couple of weeks, right? Both of them have been like top two quarterbacks both weeks. Both of them elite, super great, all this stuff. Here's the thing. If I were a Vikings fan, you do whatever you want that I'd be concerned about. Aaron Rodgers is playing back to what he used to do. He's back to being old Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins, you have to believe, suddenly, for the first time in his career, has become Aaron Rodgers. Now, you can believe it if you want, but the point is, if we're talking regression to the mean, there's no reason to expect Aaron Rodgers to regress, maybe a little bit. I mean, he broke his own record and everybody's record last week. But Kirk Cousins, if he's going to regress, you would expect it to be a massive drop-off. Now, I'm not talking about how he played against Green Bay, because that was the worst game of his career. You should have respect, expected a rebound, and he did. In fact, he's been super volatile all year, so that there hasn't been one game that I can pinpoint that kind of replicates what he actually is. I would say maybe how he played against the Giants, but even that was higher than normal. From PFF standards, he's maybe, you would say, like a mid-70s to high-70s. So far, his grades have been 60, 25, 86, 60, 84, 93, 92. The idea that, bottom line is the idea that he's going to continue what he's done in week seven, six and seven for the rest of the year, the odds of that are zero. That will not happen. Now, could he do that against Washington, his old team, this terrible, t- of course. I expect the, the Minnesota Vikings to absolutely steamroll the, um, the Washington Redskins. And it's, it's obviously an opportunity for the, the Vikings to um, tie with the Packers in their record. Still puts you in second place because we beat you. But it's an opportunity for, uh, uh, I guess, a statement game. However, if you guys manage to lose this game, I know you lost Thielen, which, which in a weird way almost feels like it gives you an advantage because this, this, this up until that point was, was a prototypical trap game. Thursday night games are always wonky. They're always a little weird and crazy. The Vikings are riding a high. They're way overextended, right? Kirk Cousins is is not as good as he's been playing, so he's due for a collapse. All this stuff is set up, and you kind of feel like part of a trap game is a team feeling too confident and coming into a game, feeling like they don't have to worry too much. Plus, you've got all these other weird circumstances like short week and um, you know Thursday night games, all that stuff. However, I kind of feel like Adam Thielen going out is giving Vikings fans or Vikings, the the team, a sense of, you know, we need to rise above and overcome and, uh, you know, that just kind of gets you back on track. But this thing is not going to go on forever. Kirk Cousins is due for regression. And and look, he's playing. If if he even comes close to keeping this up, he has the potential to be the top rated quarterback this year. Now that assumes Aaron Rodgers cools off and, and, um, you know, Russell Wilson and a few other people cool off. But he, he's playing out of his mind. But but again, let's not get too cocky because this thing's about to calm down a little bit. 
Beyond that, you've only got two other guys that are rated in the quote-unquote very good category, according to PFF. One is Adam Thielen, who is not playing. I don't know when he's coming back, but he's not playing. The other is Dalvin Cook, the number one player on your team. Elite running grade. Garbage blocker. Can't do anything as a receiver, but probably one of the best, if not the best, runners this year. But let's not get overly confident. Again, Kirk Cousins is playing above what he's able to do. Adam Thielen is hurt. Outside of that, it's a whole lot of mediocre. You got Vikings fans talking about how their offense is better than the Packers' offense, the defense is better than the Packers' defense. The offense is a joke. Aaron Rodgers is better than Kirk Cousins. You want to say you got better wide receivers? Fine. Devontae's graded higher than both Adam Thielen and uh, Stephon Diggs, but obviously we can't compete with the duo, but whatever. You've got a better running back, but your offensive line is trash. It's better than it was. Brian O'Neill's doing okay, but it's kind of garbage. Nobody is going to take the Vikings offense. If you were just building a team and had to choose, would you take the Packers offense or the Vikings offense? I think all 32 teams take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. Defensively, you've got some studs. I'm not even going to argue that. Eric Hendricks, who I usually pick on, is having the game or the, the season of his entire career. He's playing out of his mind. Harris is still a stud. Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter are, are the best pass rush duo in football. They're, they're legit. Harrison Smith is still a freak. So the edge guys, the safety, the safeties, the linebacker, yeah, I mean, it's a good team. It's a good defense. It's graded just below the Denver Broncos defense. Both of those defenses, by the way, the Packers have already overcome, but, you know, whatever. So look, I'm 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 all for it, man. I think it's going to be a great rivalry. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think there's a very very good chance that both teams end up in the playoffs. I mean, l- let me rephrase that. I think there is a very small chance that both teams don't end up in the playoffs, and that would only come in the event of some sort of epic collapse. As I laid out the schedule, I, I have the Packers and Vikings sitting at about 13 and 12 wins. Now that that has to do with both teams kind of continuing this really strong track and beating some really tough teams, but let's just say I have both of them in and around 12 wins apiece. So I'm all for it, but let's just not be ridiculous. At, at some point, you got to give respect, and anybody going out saying the Packers are a garbage team that are only 6-1 and one because of the refs, it, you're, you're being stupid. Excuse my language, children. Please don't use that word, but they are. And again, you're, you're wandering around parading it, bragging about your, your lack of intelligence. I want to embrace it. I'm, I'm excited to embrace the rivalry, just like I'm excited that Pat Mahomes might be back. I think this is an epic clash. Obviously, I want to win the game, and Pat Mahomes not being in it is, is, would help that. And to be honest, I don't really think he's going to play, but the, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. Let's do it. I've been saying all season, I think the Packers are primed to beat the Chiefs. I think that's the perfect kind of team. I think the defense has the ability to slow down the Chiefs. Of course, the Chiefs have scored a ton of points but they have the ability to at least slow them down, get some big takeaways, get some pressure. And the offense is is just ready to steamroll a defense like the Chiefs, which, by the way, is currently graded as the 27th best defense, just a hair above what the Raiders are, the worst run defense in football. We'll we'll get into that in the coming days, but, I mean, let whatever. I mean, you you, you be you. You do whatever you want to do. And again, for those people, I I want you to keep believing what it is that you believe because you're set up for disappointment. These are the kinds of people that you see videos of that throw things through their TV and stomp around like grown children. The ones that genuinely convince themselves that the Vikings are better than they are and the the Packers are no good. The videos that we show year-round, they believe their own nonsense. I'm under no illusions. There's, There's not a lot of teams in the upcoming schedule that I think the Packers are guaranteed to win. I absolutely understand that. I didn't think the Packers were guaranteed to beat Oakland. 
there was a part of me that was legitimately worried about that. You got to come into this with your eyes open, man, and Vikings fans are acting crazy right now. Some of y'all need to cool it. And for the rational Vikings fans, you need to get out there and tell your friends to real quick shut their mouth. Because it's only going to hurt more when it's the Packers that knock you out of the playoffs. Because we're going to go back and find those tweets and throw them in your face. We're going to find the irrational fans' tweets and throw it right in the rational fans' faces. They're hurting you too, just so you know. So I'm excited for uh, the upcoming battle, which it's, it's going to be intense. I mean, the, the Vikings are a legit team. The Packers are, I'm very sorry to tell you, a very legitimate team. They've got some stuff to work on, but they also have some incredible abilities, for example, to overcome adversity. No matter what the challenge is, they seem to overcome it. Something the Packers were never able to do in the past. Even peak Packers. Even, you know, 2011 Packers, when things go wrong, which they just rarely did in 2011, except those two times, it was just over, right? You know, the, the thing we want to do, we can't do, so we're done. That's not these Green Bay Packers. They find a way to win. So, anyways, just wanted to send that message out there. I know I got some Vikings fans that listen. I appreciate that. I'm assuming Vikings fans that listen to this podcast are the more rational ones, because I don't think the other kind could tolerate me. Plus, they tend to live in their own little bubble, it seems, and believe some really wonky stuff. So I'm all for it, man. Let's get after it. It's going to be a good one. But let's take our second break, and then again, we want to dive into the Facebook group. I really, 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 really need to hurry here, which wasted time. We'll take a break. So I've been telling you to keep an eye on Devontae Adams and Pat Mahomes and all this stuff, and it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a little scary out there right now. But if you think you got the beat on something, if you got a, a real strong feeling, make sure you keep an eye on these lines at my bookie. Right now, the Packers are four-point favorites. The over-under is 47.5. I think the over-under is still the same, but I thought it wasn't four, the four-and-a-half. I don't know. But again, these things literally update right in front of my eyes. So if you've got a pretty good feeling about something, jump on it quick, because once official news comes out, it's over, because they're going to be right there. Now, maybe this game's too scary. You want to go a different direction. Of course, you can go with any other game here including tonight's game, the Minnesota Vikings, the Washington Redskins. The Minnesota Vikings are 16.5-point favorites. Now, I listen, I, I'm, I don't want to tell you what to do because nothing would be worse than giving you betting advice and then you lose money. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I will say, though, that's a big number. <laughs> that is a really, really big number. But whatever. I mean, you, you do what you want to do. Otherwise, again, there's the season-long tickets. The Packers, by the way, are in fourth place. Just, just, just throwing this out here. Packers are in fourth place as far as Super Bowl favorites. Vikings are 10th. So, you know, I don't know. The, the, these guys who are, you know, super smart, know some stuff, put a lot of money on the line, have the Packers way above the Vikings as far as winning the Super Bowl. But, you know, what? I mean, I'm sure they're just dumb. By the way, Vikings fans, if that is dumb, maybe throw a little money on the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. I don't know. Or, better yet, let's make it funky. NFC North Division to win. You got a lot of people running their mouth over there on Twitter. How about you back it up? The Packers are minus 175. The Vikings are plus 240. That's a fairly sizable gap between the two. Obviously, my bookie thinks the Packers are going to win the division. So how about this? If you want to back it up, maybe instead of flapping your gums, you slap a little bit of cash down on my bookie, throw it up on social media for everyone to see. That does a lot more than talking. That's called backing it up. I'm just saying. If you do that, though, make sure you put it up in the Facebook group because I want to know where you're at. But again, if you do that, just remember we teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you a great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag to use promo code OVERTIME, and they'll match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. By the way, another way to support the team, just go to the game. 
actually just got a message on Instagram from Mr. The Schaefer Show, who said he is going to be going to the game. So again, you want to back the team, that's a great way to do it, especially when they're on the road. Got into another uh, argument with somebody who was talking about why the Packers are never going to London and how they're a bunch of whiny, whatever the point. The bottom line is the reason they don't go to London is because nobody, for example, the Chiefs, never want to give up a Packer game because Packer fans travel so well and the Chiefs are going to make a bunch of money. They don't want to give up that revenue. They don't want to give up that Packer money. In other words, Packer fans are better than Vikings fans. So it's hilarious when Vikings fans want to bring that up. Like, that, that's, that's it's unbelievable to me. But it's a very long and strong tradition of Packer fans, first of all, being spread all across the country, and second of all, traveling very, very well. If you are in the area or are planning on, on traveling to this game, make sure you're using Vivid Seats. Again, they've got the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, where you can earn uh, credit back when you purchase your tickets. You get 100% buyer uh, guarantee. When it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount up to $100. Make sure if you're going to put down the money on a game, you pop in the OVERTIME uh, code, save a bunch of money. All right, Facebook group, very, 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 very quickly. Uh, first of all, Brooke had, had asked the question, what time does a podcast usually go up? Because she, apparently there's some issues, uh, especially with Spotify, getting the podcast up. I know there, I've, I've got several podcast apps that I have on my phone. And it's funny because on Google Play is actually really good. If you have uh, an Android, I know you can get it, but it's pretty instantaneous. You know, I'll, I'll I'll upload this podcast, go upstairs, get ready for work, and uh, you know, by the time I get up there and whatever, it's usually ready to go already. But I've got other apps that by like noon I'll get an update like, hey, the po- Packernet podcast has a new episode. Like, are you serious? It was literally like six hours ago, seven hours. So if, if you're if you're not regularly getting the podcast around five to six in the morning, because I you know I have to get ready for work at five, so it's four fifty one now. I really gotta hurry. Um, by five thirty or six o'clock, if you don't have it, maybe look for a new uh, po- podcast distributor. Unless you don't mind, I mean, if you, if you listen to it around noon anyways. But I know a lot of people like to listen on the commute in. So if it's somewhat inconvenient because of the time you get it, find a new uh, podcast distributor. I guess we'll call it. And um, it should be ready for you for your commute, depending on when that is. I'm talking central time, by the way. So I thought I'd throw that out there. So the question was posed by Mike, and I suppose it was a question that had to be asked. Um, what does everyone think about the possibility of waiting and signing a guy like Josh Gordon? Seems like a good number two, and it would not cost us draft capital. Typically, I'm pretty wary of these things. I don't hate that. And the biggest reason is he's not A.B. Now, there's obviously risk inherent in this, but I don't see Josh Gordon as a bad locker room guy. I see Josh Gordon as a, first of all, a great football player, but also just a good person with some issues. He has some, you know, addiction issues or whatever. And he's obviously working through that and he's battling through it. And when we're talking about not having to give up draft capital so that we can get Josh Gordon on the roster, and I don't, I don't know exactly when he can return, um, I, I, you know, Apparently, he's he's claiming that he's not far off from from being able to return. So basically, the way that this happened is they used a minor injured reserve des- designation, which is a thing I didn't know existed. But um, bottom line is, when he returns to health, the team has to release him. At that point, he's essentially a free agent. He is up for uh, waivers. I'm assuming somebody is going to snatch him up very quickly. Because, I mean, if you got guys all over going after A.B., why would you not go after Josh Gordon? And I understand he's probably not peak Josh Gordon anymore. I just don't see a lot of downside to it. 
I don't see this as a guy that's going to hurt your locker room, who's going to cause problems. I think similar to what the Patriots did, it's very simple. You bring him in, you get what you can out of him. If he slips up and, and gets back into it, you cut him, and you lost nothing. Now, we would have to understand that this is, again, not Josh Gordon of old. If you look, for example, at his PFF grades, he's been average to below average every single week with the exception of week one against Pittsburgh. His production has been very, very minimal, and I don't know if, if he really even has it anymore. But again, we don't lose very much. He's six foot three, two twenty-five. It I, I, I wouldn't bottom line is if, if they did it, it's just a matter of because why not? And if we pick him up and he's not very good, then you just don't use him. And if you pick him up and he has problems, you cut him. So, you know, I I, I just I wouldn't mind um taking a flyer on him. I, I just don't see the downside. I, I think people are gonna be too excited about him, thinking that this is, you know, going to be like twenty thirteen Josh Gordon which really is the only time he graded out as being very good, which he's not. But, you know, again, I, I, don't, I don't really see a, a super big downside. Um, Taylor says, what, do you, what are your thoughts on bolstering the defense, such as linebacker corner D-line at the trade deadline? I think our defense needs more help than our offense based on a recent performance. I think getting Savage back will help with the defense. But is the defense good enough against good offense to get us deep into the playoffs? One of the hard things to assess is the fact that I don't know what the defense is. Sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're just not good at all, and they can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop, I mean, really the last, well, not the last two weeks, because they held up the Lions really well. Um, Oakland, Philly, and Dallas it's were the two teams that the defense just seemed like they could not do anything to stop them. Again, they came up big when it mattered, but still, run at will, pass at will. That's a problem. And then the question is, what do you do about it? I mean, do, do we go out and get a corner? No, because none of these guys are going to get replaced. Jair, Kevin King, Tremont, these guys aren't getting replaced. And even if they were, there's nobody you can go out and get that's going to be better. So we have to deal with corners that are very, very good, but sometimes are really, really bad. Because that just seems to be the way that this goes. With the exception of Tremont, he doesn't seem to be giving up very, very big games like Jair and especially Kevin King. But whatever. Linebacker, again, the biggest problem is, number one, I don't know of any linebackers that are available. And number two, Blake Martinez is not coming off the field. And they're not going to use another one. And if, you know, maybe if they do, fine. But we got to understand we're looking for a number two linebacker. And again, the reason that he's not coming off the field is he's the one wearing the helmet with the microphone in it. He is the field general for the defense. He's the one getting everybody lined up. He's the veteran that understands the defense, all that stuff. He's the guy. Um, defensive line, yeah, I'm, I'm all about getting some help along the defensive line. We've got a lot of young guys that aren't super panning out. Um, really, just nobody's panning out. Again, I don't know what's going on with Kenny Clark. He is not performing like Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki. It, it, everybody's kind of sporadic. Kingsley has a good day one day, and then he's just terrible the rest of the time. You know, Dean Lowry has a really good day one day, and he's just not good the rest of the time. So, you know, I, I, I think if there's one that stands out, it's probably defensive line. That's kind of where I'm at right now as far as the, the biggest upgrade that we could use. Just stopping teams from gashing us on the ground constantly is, is going to be big. And, and what I would prefer, again, is to have guys just step up. If Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry would just step up, we don't have a problem anymore. If Blake could just be a little bit better, we don't have a problem anymore. And part of the problem with Blake is the fact that the defensive line isn't doing very well. So I, I really just think we need guys to just play better. And part of the reason I believe that is because a lot of the guys we can go out and get aren't even as good as the guys we have. Some are, some aren't. It just depends. Right? Derek Wolf is I mean, Derek Wolf is is he's fine, but I don't know that he's automatically an upgrade over everybody else. So that that's kind of where I'm at. If if they do it, it makes sense. If they don't, I kinda get it. It's a matter of you guys need to step up. And that's part of the reason why I think wide receiver is a little bit different. 
because I expect Kenny Clark to play better because he is better. I expect Dean to play better because he is better. I expect these guys to play up to their standard. The wide receivers are playing up to their full potential. They're playing as good as they always have. They just have kind of low ceilings. And I know it doesn't seem that way because, you know, MVS, you know, he's a, well, he's averaging 25 yards of reception. That, that's great. But on a down-to-down basis, getting open, all this different stuff, he's 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 mediocre. And Geronimo is mediocre. And Kumaro is mediocre. And they are playing up to their full potential. And again, maybe the full group, if you look at it, you know, Kumaro is a great route runner. And MVS is a great deep ball guy. And, you know, Geronimo is clutch coming up on those third downs on those tough catches. Le, uh, Lazard is very similar coming up with the big, tough catches. So maybe just combined, they, they kind of work. But again, that's that for me is just sort of the difference. There is a reasonable expectation for the defense to get better on its own. I have no expectation of the wide receivers to perform better than they are. And if we're okay with the way that they're performing, that's fine. But there are definitely better wide receivers that are available that we can go out and trade for. If we don't need them, fine, but they're available and it's an option. I really want to continue, but I am just 100%. It's 5.02. I need this to have been uploaded by now, so I have to stop. A little bit of a short episode, but uh, we'll cut it there. You folks have a fantastic day. Tomorrow we're going to be taking a look at the Chiefs. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.